Hello, folks. Welcome to Jetcetera. It's the Winnipeg Free Press podcast about the Jets, other sports, and etc. I'm your host, sports editor Steve Lines, and I'm joined as usual by sports columnist Mike McIntyre. Almost didn't get your name right there, Mike. Mike McIntyre. McIntosh. I think I've told this before. I I used to get called Mac McIntyre a lot. Mac McIntyre. Mac McIntyre. Yeah. Wow, that's. I mean, Mac could be if I like the name Mac actually, but that was my nickname. But McIntyre, like, I don't think they're. Mac, do we know? Mac Davis. They sang. Is that the guy who sang uh, "Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head"? No. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) There's a singer, Mac something. Anyways. Anyways, it's episode 65, the Nick Bastaya episode. I was thinking, who's Steve going to link to this one? And I was trying to think, are there any Jets that have ever worn 65? That's Maybe. No, probably I not. Didn't, uh, I didn't check that. I just thought of Nick Bastaya. And Butch Norman, I think, wore 65. These are bombers for yeah, yeah. some of you who may know may not know this if you're just just Jets fans. Anyways, we're gonna, today we'll offer up some final thoughts about the Jets' first-round playoff matchup versus the Oilers, which starts tonight in the Alberta capital of Edmonton. Um, we'll chat about the site of fans in the stands in most U.S. markets, or all U.S. markets, I guess, eh? Yeah. All, all U.S. teams are all fans in the stands? 12 teams. All right. Uh, and the prospects of fannies in the seats in Canada. The Blue Jays' continued success sans George Springer. George who? I have him on my fantasy team. Somebody oh, just Mike. offered me today if I'd like to trade him. For what? Well, exactly. Mike like, Trout? He hasn't done anything yet. <laughs> um, Trout's out for two months or whatever. Yeah, I saw that, yeah. And we'll also have a number of random thoughts on what looks like to finally be summer. Jets fans, your NHL team plays the Oilers tonight in a best-of-seven first-round series of the Canadian division. Um I'm not sure what else to say, Mike. <laughs> I'm glad it's finally here. So how dumb is this? Today, uh, Wednesday, the Jets will play game one of their series. Boston-Washington will play game three of their series. Vancouver-Calgary will play game 56 of the regular season. Uh, the the NHL is all over the map right now. And, and yes, it's COVID-related. Um, this whole making the North Division wait till Vancouver, Calgary could complete their season. Yeah, like Toronto, Montreal aren't playing till tomorrow. Til mo- it's it's so dumb. Like there was no these games don't have any impact. I don't know why they made us wait, but well, it's helpful to the Jets anyways. They have a couple of significant That's injuries: Pierre Luc Dubois and more, perhaps more notably Nikolai Ehlers. We still don't have any word on whether they're playing tonight. Uh, doesn't look likely. So Paul Maurice says yesterday they're not game time decisions so much as they are game time announcements which yeah, to me whatever. almost tips your hand well that's saying we already know whether they're playing or not we're Correct. just not going to tell you right. and why would you, why would you do, i mean i guess there's the element of surprise if they were ready to go you maybe wouldn't want to let the oilers know yeah sure i i get that yeah, yeah. i mean it would be quite um it would be it would be it would be interesting to see the Jets do that if Nikolai Ehlers, who hasn't participated in line rushes at all, has been wearing yellow all week. If he suddenly is on the second line tonight, I just I would not bet a lot of money on that happening. I don't think he's ready. And Pierre Luc Dubois, we haven't even seen him all week, Steve. All we know is he took a puck to the head and didn't play. So it must be a concussion. Well, right. Play. So is yeah. he in? Con- and if he's in concussion protocol, yeah, he hasn't even skated. He's not going to be ready. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Kopp and Paul Stasny are like there was two days ago. This looked potentially dire. Four of the top seven forwards weren't even 
skating. So what do you think, Mike? Okay, so you picked the Jets to lose in five, and me on a lark. I saw that today in your Jets playbook. The Jets to win in six, as I pointed out in my playbook today, Mike. Uh, that's kind of wishful thinking because um, I hope the Jets win, and I'll say that not because I, just because I, I want us to have something to cover. And, yeah, it'd be uh, nice to be able to write about them yeah, well into the summer. Yeah, for sure. I'm always cheering for the storyline, and the storyline in this instance would be for the Jets to win. So, And then I still think that the Jets are a good team. I thought that they were a good team at the beginning of the season, and I picked them to finish second in the division. And if it wasn't for that late-season swoon, they might have finished second. Right. Well, hard to say. But um, So I just think that they're a better team than they – showed at the end of the season and maybe not as good but or maybe as good as they they played during the season so i think that they have a chance against the oilers and i'm i don't know i'm not i'm not a huge fan of uh uh, of some of the oilers players uh sooner or later the bubble's got a burst on that goalie of theirs mike smith he'll have some sort of meltdown um you know Connor mcdavid has not proven himself to be a winner in the playoffs yet uh, neither, none of these guys have. No, the, some Jets, of the Jets have. Some of the Jets have. The Jets so, have experience yeah, for sure. Do. So I think it's going to be a, uh, it's going to be interesting or not. If, if the Jets don't show up and play the way that they played early in the season, then it'll be over very quickly. You know, so, and again, the, we don't know Dubois and Ehlers' status, but I look at like the lines the Oilers roll out and you just look at them on paper and think, how can teams not exploit this more? Dominic Cahoon is the first line left winger. Never heard of I got to think Kyle Connor, <laughs> who's Winnipeg's first line left winger, could, you know, is twice the player or more. The, um, Josh Archibald, Jujar Kyra, and Alex Chason. That's their third line. Chason's a decent player. He's okay. Um, Ryan McLeod, who's a rookie, Zach Cassian, and James Neal, who was good six years ago. That's their fourth line. Like, Depth, which the Jets, we think, have quite a bit of, which is going to get tested if Ehlers and Dubois are not in. Veselainen gets a chance. Veselainen and Harkins, I think, Steve, are the two guys that benefit the most, right? Because if Ehlers and Dubois aren't in the lineup tonight, it's going to be Veselainen and Harkins. But those guys, they're young, they're hungry, and they've got a lot of skill. Like, it would be interesting to see what they could do with this opportunity. Uh, but you just think the Jets' depth, for sure, should be able to trump Edmonton's depth. I mean, the blue line, yeah, I think Edmonton's blue line is better than maybe people eh, give him credit. Maybe. Darnell it's Nurse a is, a is a great player. He, he's he's really had a great season. Yeah, yeah Adam yeah. Larson is a really good defensive I re- player. I really, really like that. Yeah, he's Larson. not flashy, but yeah. he's very effective. Super good. And Tyson Berry is very one-dimensional, but he's, he's terrible. But he's terrific offensive. <laughs> like on their power play, sure. he led the league in defenseman scoring. He? Okay, he did. He had more. Well, than... He plays on the power play with Connor McDavid. He does. You and I could I would put have, up twenty yeah, points exactly, if, yeah. if we're quarterbacking that power play. <laughs> um, just give the puck to Connor, and then you could just go take a nap. So but... time will tell. Um, but it, it, I think I think that uh, Andrew Kopp was like, let's let's put it. He was pissed off yesterday mm-hmm. that that. Nobody is giving the Jets a chance. Right, like he felt degraded almost. He did. Right? You know what I mean, like insulted. Um, I just think the Jets have a lot of really good hockey players, and they didn't just become terrible hockey players. Right. Um, uh, from a month ago. Do you know what I mean? The thing I keep asking myself is: Are the Edmonton Oilers so much better than the Jets that not only did they win seven out of nine in the regular season, like? 
are they so good that they would win 11 of 13 or or 11 of 14 or even 11 of 15 in a calendar year? Because that's essentially what they're going to have to do if they win this series. Right. That, you know, it's a long way of saying, did the odds start to shift more towards the Jets at some point? Like things balance out that... You know, when when they met earlier in the year, there were lots of strange times they would meet. Yep. Jets coming off road trips yep. or back to backs, so we never really got a true. We did maybe early in the year when the Jets actually were pretty effective. They won two of the first three. They scored six goals in two of those in their two wins. Then they suddenly couldn't score against Edmonton. Uh, I think a lot of it was schedule with the uh, yeah. with the matchup of those two teams. Don't, don't get me wrong, Edmonton and then Edmonton was really playing really. They, they they had a spurt where they were playing really really well, and the Jets were not. They came off to that really successful road trip, and then they got kind of hammered by the Oilers, and that's easy to do when Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl are on your team. But I just I don't think that the season series. Um, is indicative of how these two teams right. match up so much. Do you know what I mean? In a seven-game straight series against each other with everybody fresh here now. And right? I think you and I are on the same page that if the Jets are to be successful, it's not going to be trying to scratch and claw a 2-1 win. they got to, I don't want to say open it up, but they've got to... Um, they've got to score some goals. Jets win when they score three goals. Right. So if they go into this thinking that they're just going to... They don't win when they score two goals. No, they don't. And Edmonton is probably good for a couple goals every game just yeah. because of their high-end talent. So yeah. the Jets are going to have to outscore them, three, two, I think. Or 4-3. And we've seen early in these playoffs, because we're five days in, like they're not so much 2-1 or 3-2 games. There's been some 5-4 and 4-3s. Like... Yeah, the Jets are going to have to score. A power play could be a big part of this series, Steve. Edmonton's number one. Jets are number seven. These are two of the best power plays in the NHL. Uh, and we've seen the intensity level of these early games. I think familiarity is breeding contempt. All these teams have played each other way more than they normally would in a season. So they already hate each other coming into the playoffs. Uh, staying disciplined, you don't want to obviously give the Oilers a whole lot of power play looks because they'll kill you on that. But I think... The Jets were very good at that this year. They were. Uh, but Edmonton would say the same thing. We don't want to be in the box because we don't want to give Winnipeg's power play. So... You know, that, that could be a difference for sure. And then, yeah, you come back to goaltending um, is the reigning Vesna winner who had a couple good starts to kind of end his season. Uh, can he beat Mike Smith in a head-to-head matchup? And I think if you would have asked that at the beginning of the year, you'd said, I'll, I'll absolutely take yeah, that. Yeah, take him, yeah, yeah. Mike Smith had a great season. He did. How much of that is smoke and mirrors? How much of that is sustainable? I, I think the, where the credit really, really good goes to Edmonton this year is Dave Tippett. I, I like Dave Tippett as a coach. I've always liked him as a coach. He's always done well wherever he's coached. Right. And he has them playing well as a team. Um, some of those no-name guys that you mentioned um, are playing effectively because they're playing a certain system. They're playing the right way. They're right. doing the right things. And we hear all those cliches. But all those cliches are super important. And so now if the Jets but, – but I still think, though, if the Jets are doing the right things, playing the right way – following the system that they're supposed to, I think that they have more talent uh, depth-wise. They, yeah. they, they have more stars. They have better players, that, but the Oilers have the best players. And so it, it, I think it's going to be a good series. I, I, I'm not predicting the Jets are going to win. I, I'm not going to go out on that limb. I, I was just having a little fun this morning in that playbook. Um, just, you know, why yeah. not, right? You know what I mean? And um, But I think it's going to be a, 
I at least hope it's a good series. Yeah, and I've been very impressed with the quality of play. Maybe it's because the fact that these teams are so familiar. I guess I look back to the the start of the playoffs last year, Steve, in the bubble. It was so unique. Nobody had played hockey for four months, and I felt like it just took a long time for everybody to get going. So far in these playoffs, it feels like teams have just jumped into the fire right away. So it should be good, and looking forward to it getting underway tonight. All right, folks, we're back for the second period of our Jet Set podcast. Uh, Mike, you mentioned uh, a lot of the other series um, have been underway and, and it's been really, really good hockey. I have a, I have a question for you, though. Okay, so, okay, so I know that you, you get out running and you've been out walking yes. and I know you like your TV shows and, and I know that you work a lot. How am I finding How time to watch? How the hell do you find time to watch all this other hockey? I have a, Okay, confession, folks. I have not watched a single minute of any other hockey since it started. So I haven't watched any hockey, actually. I didn't watch Friday's game against the Leafs because I was off. And why would I watch that game? Yeah. It's pointless. It was an exhibition. So I haven't watched watched hockey in a week. But Mike McIntyre, folks, he's... I'm on top of it. He's watching everything all the time. I am. How many hours in a day do you have, So. Uh, we do have a few shows we like to watch. They're all gathering dust on the PBR. We haven't watched anything okay. new in the last week. All right. Um, I'm watching The Handmaid's Tale. Oh, my God, it's good. Yeah, I've heard uh, heard that it's very wicked. good. It's uh, wicked. Um, part of it is because, so I'm... Uh, There's no hockey in it. <laughs> I'm voting. I'm one of the 100 North American voters on the NHL Awards. I have my ballot in by tomorrow. So part <laughs> of me is... You should watch some of these Well, uh, yeah, you want to see as much as you can, but... Um, some of the games have been late night games. Like last night, I tuned into Vegas, Minnesota. Didn't even start till nine. So I was asleep. You were. <laughs> You're more of a morning person. I'm more of a night. Ten fifteen. Hawk. I'm asleep. I'm asleep at ten. I'm going to be up late tonight, folks. Oh my god. I don't know. Yeah. How I'm be well, tomorrow. Eight o'clock. <laughs> and what if we get like triple overtime, Steve? Uh, yeah. I'll go to. I'll go to bed, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> the pa- will the paper go to bed? That's the. That's my bigger be worry for you guys to worry. Exactly. About. Um. So. The hockey's been great, and to me, Steve, the most jarring thing, I don't know if you've seen it in in highlights, if you haven't seen the games, but the sight of fans, like some of these rinks now, Florida had like ten or 11,000 people there last night. Wow, that's more than pre-pandemic. Exactly. (laughs) And even Vegas, like it looks like they are packed in like sardines and everybody's waving the towel. Like it looks like we've gone back in time which we kind of have and like life is normal. And then like the other night, it was so ridiculous. We, I went from watching Florida Tampa game one, which to me was the best hockey game, not only of the year, one of the best hockey games I've seen in years. It was just, it had everything, momentum swings, fights, nastiness, and a huge crowd Uh, and the interstate rivalry that it's never happened in the playoffs, but went from that to Vancouver, Calgary in an empty rink that night, like in a, in what was game 55 or 54 of their season. And it was just jarring how... And you watched that? I didn't watch that. Okay. I just wanted to see <laughs> what kind of letdown it was. So I turned to it for a minute. I'm like, yeah, this is... I need to get you some I, help, Mike. If I you did go for a run, night. actually, <laughs> instead um, that night. But the, you know, the, they've opened up all of these buildings prior to the playoffs starting all 24 US markets had permission to have fans so now all six all 12 12 of 16 in the playoffs have fans and 
many of them now, Steve, are like beyond 50% capacity. Right. Uh, and so it's creating an atmosphere that you normally associate with playoffs, but that the Canadian teams just aren't going to have. I see they were building, they're doing something at Bell MTS this week, which I assume they're going to tarp the whole place white. Um, they had like plywood out yesterday. And so they're doing something to, I guess, try and replicate maybe the whiteout here for games three and four. But it's not going to be the same. I mean, you've been in the rink. It's just the can noise. Like nothing, I don't think, can compare. It was compare. at a moment the other day. I was watching the game on television. I do actually watch hockey once in a while, folks. <laughs> so I'm watching the game. And it dawned on me that there was no fans in the stands. But that didn't seem abnormal to me. It's right. almost like I yeah. I become accustomed to the way things are now. For sure. And then I was thinking, what is that going to look like? Like, how am I going to feel when there's fans in the stands? Well, I, I kind of... It was know. unsettling yeah, like, to see it on TV. Really? And in a way, like, I, I felt like I was watching a replay of a game from, like, a different era. So now yesterday, earlier in the day, the Canadian... What's the guy's name? The deputy minister in the Jew. Right. Said he, there was probably not going to be any fans in the stands, right? So he was talking, I think, from a federal perspective right. on the idea like of the border issue because they extended right. the borders by another month. Right. So the idea of Canadian and U.S. teams like for the third round going back and forth and all that. Right. But yeah, he did make a blanket statement. And then then later in the day, the the Quebec government government said uh, that they... Which they have jurisdiction in their own province, right, right, to do... So what is the deal there? They potentially would have 25%. 12%. 12%. Which would be 2,500 fans. So 2,500 fans after May the 24th. Right. Which for the Montreal Canadiens, they would have to get to a game six. They right. they're starting in Toronto. Right. So it won't they it won't be in time for game three or four. But if they get to a game six, uh, they are going to open up the Bell Center. Not potentially. They are going. They've already said this will happen to twenty five hundred people. So here's my first thought on all of this or whatever. What's the bloody hurry here? Okay. So like, uh, 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 I listen. I get it. It's been a long pandemic. I guess. Uh, as pandemics go, it's been a long one, I guess. I, this is one of the longest pandemics we've gone through. <laughs> exactly, right. <laughs> uh, it seemed like 14 years, yes. frankly. Um, and so I get that people want to get back to normal. I really, really do. Um, but Jeff Molson wants his why, playoff revenue, why, Steve. I guess so. But why, 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 do we need to, why do we need to hurry this thing? The, the numbers, I guess, in Quebec are okay? They are. They, they kind of... They were a little more proactive than yeah, Manitoba, were, yeah, Ontario, the, yeah, Alberta. Curfews and all of that. For yeah. sure. Yeah. They also got hit, I think, the hardest first, right? Yeah. They had all the care homes like yeah. before anybody else in Canada. Yeah. So they almost, it feels like they're ahead of the curve. In, they've kind of been ahead the whole time. So I guess... In good ways and bad in good, ways. Right. Yeah. But they're going to be the first now maybe to reap the rewards. By the way, I, I don't... I, I, I see a lot of comparisons. This is a total tangent. Comparing our numbers to what other numbers are in the country right now. Right. That's comparing apples and oranges, folks. It is. Okay. You, you, it's, it's not. Of course, we're higher now because we're, we, the wave came to us later. Right. It's, it, it, we were also. Those comparisons, I'm just so frustrated with them. Yeah. We've been 
behind everybody yeah. from the very start. Correct. We had better numbers we did. when they had worse, and now, and now we're we worse, worse when they're better. When they're better. Right. That's, so, oh, yeah. That's so how waves work, stop right? Stop comparing them, people on Twitter. Yeah. It, it's, <laughs> and um, news reporters. I don't even know if apples and oranges, apples and oranges are at least both fruits. This feels yeah. more like apples and I don't know. And trees. Anyway, so, um, so yeah, they, they will open it up. And I mean, I said to you yesterday, well, I wonder if Winnipeg, Edmonton, Toronto double back to their provincial governments, and you correctly pointed out that the numbers are different and I suspect Ontario, Manitoba, BC or Alberta would say, yeah, come back to us when you have Quebec-like numbers. Yeah, for sure, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sure I they'd all... I don't see it happening in this first round. Anyways. No, I don't either. Um, but we know that here in Manitoba, we're now over the 50% threshold for first doses. They're going to start booking second doses and apparently could open them up to any, like everybody within a couple of weeks here. And they're saying by by July, everybody should be double dose. So if the Jets were to go on a long run, uh, if they beat Edmonton, get to the second round, maybe they get out of that. I wouldn't completely rule out the the idea of it. And I got to think, Steve, what happened in Montreal yesterday, a league like the CFL is taking great interest as well. They're an outdoor venue and they would like to start bringing fans in later this summer. So we'll see. It's a it's the first step, I guess. Uh, and, and we'll see what the next steps are. All right, folks, we're back for the third period of our Jet Setra podcast. Mike, let's talk a little baseball. Um, I did watch baseball last night. Mm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> was there hockey on? Oh, I must have missed it. Um, but there was baseball on. The Blue Jays were playing in Boston. No, they were playing at home, at home. versus Boston at and home they in Florida. Whipped them. It's they always whipped fun them. to watch they Boston their lose. Butts. Yeah. I hate the Red Sox. Me too. Um, so the Jays beat them eight nothing. Um, the first place Red Sox, by the way, and the Jays are now half a half game. A game they're playing again today, a win today, which it's, probably means it won't happen. And the Jays are the first place wow. team. Wow. Jays fans will be excited. Now, Jays fans have been excited early in the season, lots of times before, as my friend Paul Wiesick would often point out. Yes. Yes, uh, the New York Yankees fan that he is. So, anyways, but having said that, um, I'm still, you know, on the fence about their pitching for sure. But their batting lineup even without George Springer in, right. in, in, in the lineup, is, is, is like potent. potent, very potent. For sure. And Teoscar Hernandez is really coming around. Lourdes Gurriel, Gurriel is starting yeah. to come around. Randall Gritchick, a guy that He's people, got 30, 31 RBIs already He's like year, yeah. sixth in the in MLB in RBIs, leading the team up there with Vlad. Um, and he's a guy that everybody thought once they got Springer, that because they had Springer, they have Teoscar Hernandez, they have Lourdes Gurriel, and Gritchick. They thought, well, they're going to have to trade one of these guys. Good thing they didn't because George Springer's played, what, two games? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, they've managed to, and Randall Gritchick is looking like a guy who's, you know, rediscovered his his game. So, yeah, the Jays, they can slug it with the best of them. I agree on the pitching. Hinjen Roo, I know you're always impressed when I can say that name. I'm super impressed. Hinjen Roo. I still can't say it. Uh, he was great. Um, you know, this Steven Matz got five wins. They've He was kind of a cast off from the Mets. He's been pretty good. But, yeah, they've got... Uh, Ross Stripling, Rob, Robbie Ray. Robbie Ray's been, been good, very, very good. He was a really, really good pitcher he a couple of years ago. And then he lost, lost his control. Command. He's got he walked his everybody, back. but he does. He's, he's striking out ten and walking one or two a game these right. days. Um, if he continues to pitch like that, 
Um, he's a he's a talented guy, for sure. Like, a super talented guy. And Nate Pearson, who they're really high on, he had one start. He kind of got lit up, and now he's back at Triple yeah, I heard so much about this Nate Pearson. He's in that squat. He's a flamethrower. They got another guy down. Manoa is that his yes, name? Yes, Alex Manoa. Manoa. And they also have this guy uh, Simeon Woods Richardson, who's another young prospect. That's so they they have some interesting. Yeah, Pearson doesn't do anything for me. I'm not sure why. He's always hurt or he can't he throw. He is. He's been hurt There's a lot. There's always some story to him, right? Yeah. Like either, I, I, either I often, do this or get off the pot, they used to guys say, Guys that right? throw <laughs> as hard as he do, as, as hard as he does, like it seems like a lot of those guys often have injury issues. I, I just wonder how much of it is a product, Steve, of as they're coming up, like what kind of damage do they do to their body throw, throwing a baseball as yeah, hard as they do? A, well, guys are having pre, preemptive Tommy John right. these days, right? Guys I mean, now will have like Tommy John two or three times. Like it yeah. used to be you had one and your career was pretty much not over, but limited, right? right? And now guys will get it done two or three, which tells me, are they not doing it right the first time? <laughs> if you need to keep getting the same, like if I have to keep going back because... I have a problem with my car. I would suggest the mechanic isn't fixing it yeah, properly. Exactly, yeah. So speaking of throwing hard, I don't know. I'm sure you saw this. Um, I saw something this week. Uh, Kevin Pillar, uh, oh. f- a former uh, Toronto Blue Jays center fielder. Superman. Superman, yeah. Um, was um, hit uh, square in the face uh, with a 95-mile-an-hour fastball uh, by a, uh, some guy named Wes something um, for the Atlanta Braves and um, suffered... And he went straight down. He's bleeding yep. all over home plate and um, shattered or, uh, sinus cavity. I facial, think facial, uh, uh, yeah, nasal in- nasal injuries. Right. Or whatever. He's, he, he shows up the next day to do it's to like do gauze a, hanging up. Yeah, to do an interview. His his nose is on the side of his face, and <laughs> he's got black eyes, and he's you know, and he's and he, and and and. And being the you know the real baseball guy that he is, and the tough guy that he is, he was like, you know, he was talking about how he's okay and he'll be back, and he feels like he's, you know, letting down the team by being out of the lineup. And then he was more worried about the pitcher and how the pitcher was feeling, etc., etc., etc. So, um, it got me to, th- but it got me to thinking. Now, this wasn't this was a case where a guy was throwing a high inside pitch to get Pilar off the plate, right? right? Okay, part of the game. Um, okay, so we hear this a lot that that's just part of the game. And then there's been more batters hitting baseball this year yes. than any other year. The, the second highest was last year. The third highest was the year before. <laughs> and the fourth highest was the year before. So you see the progression here, I do. right? Okay, so the progression is, is that more and more batters are getting hit. And there's because, you know, batters are better and guys are throwing really, really hard these days. And it, and it's just part of the game to pitch inside like that, brush guys the back, brush back, bean balls, retaliatory pitches, and all of that. So in in hockey, if you accidentally hit a guy in the head with your stick, you get a penalty. Right. So if you accidentally hit a guy in the face with a fastball, accidentally. Right. Like what? Like come on. Like that. You should be that guy should be suspended. In my mind, you can't endanger players like that. That's just it's I don't know. Maybe I'm getting soft on my old age, Mike. But when I saw that guy going on, and I've seen it before, like these guys, they just throw those inside pitches. They like, do. like I get it. You kind of got you don't want the guy leaning over the plate, but 
I don't know. The pitchers' union would not support your position, Steve. No, because they not. would say the hitters are the one. The hitters the have to stop p- being so. What's the guy that pitched for the Blue Jays? What's his name last night? Hinjenru. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did he throw any high inside? He pitches? didn't. No, no he's he he's more of a he paints a portrait. He did win, yeah. Um, but the learn pi- to pitch. Pitchers would say the hitters are getting far too aggressive in the so batter's right. box, crowding the. Um, it's interesting. We want to actually see hits. We do <laughs> exactly. I mean, the, the, I think there's more strikeouts now that, than though. ever before, I I right? That was it was it was terrible. It like, was. You know what I mean, oh my god! Like you know, folks, I don't know if you've seen it, but if you're gonna watch it. Uh, the video of it, like <laughs> brace yourself, brace yourself. Yeah. Uh, while we're talking about sort of unwritten rules in baseball, did you see what happened with the Chicago White Sox? I didn't. Tell me about this. This is ridiculous. So they're they're pummeling the Minnesota Twins the other day, and in the it's the ninth inning. It's like fourteen to five or something. Minnesota brings in a position player to pitch. The guy's throwing like fifty mile an hour bean balls or not bean balls, uh, just just beanbag type tosses. So uh, Mercedes, who's I think the leading hitter, he's a rookie, but he's having a great season for the White Sox. He's up to bat. The count's three and zero. Apparently, his batting coach told put the stop sign on. Well. There's a juicy, like, 50-mile-an-hour throw right down the middle of the plate, and he swings and hits a home run to make it, like, 15 to (laughs) 5. Good for him, right? Home run? Yeah, yeah. This is professional baseball? Well, his band... So, first of all, the Twins broadcast ripped him that they didn't like that he swung at 3-0 in a one-sided game against a position player that's pitching. But then Tony La Russa, who's the manager, who I think he's 90 years old. He's very <laughs> old school. He absolutely threw his own player under the bus, said that that's unacceptable. There's going to be consequences. He violated the rules and the integrity of the game. That's not how you play baseball. And it's prompted all this talk again about these stupid unwritten rules that if they were so important, why doesn't someone write them down? <laughs> why do they have to be unwritten? But I, it just got... This is not... This is not peewee baseball where everybody gets a participation medal. This is the best league in the world. And if you're not good enough to throw a strike, or if you have to bring in a a shortstop to pitch because your other pitchers have been so bad, you deserve to give up a home run then. And why should he just take a strike if he sees a big juicy what one. What's he supposed to do? Just stand there and let stand the strike come out? Stand, I guess. Or 3-0 and o, so you take the automatic. But no, he he's he's playing for his own career. Home runs are good. Why should he... Now, I get the, maybe that he ignored his own coach's sign. That's probably not good, right? If his coach told him, don't swing, and yeah, then I he guess. swung. So, but the idea that you can't hit a home run, like that's unfair or. I'm not sure why the third base coach needs to give any signs in a 14 to 5 game. Right. Like he should. begin with. Exactly. He should be just chewing sunflower seeds and (laughs) and like, what what are you giving signs for at that point? It's just so stupid. And baseball, is there any sport that has more unwritten rules than baseball? Well, all of these unwritten rules of the jungle, et cetera, whatever, in all of these sports or whatever, at times to me are just, they're ridiculous and they. They enable and they cause all kinds of problems and and like fighting or whatever it might right. be. And oh, it's just part of the game. It's just part of the game. It's just part. It doesn't need to remain part of the game. I get that it was part of the game. Lots of things. We used to smoke cigarettes in the office here or whatever. That was just part of the newsroom culture. Right. We don't anymore yeah. because it's not good for people. <laughs> 
Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Get over it. We can change, right? Do you know what I mean? The game can change. Just like, ugh. That's one so of the tired of that saying. When really you have good. a 90 year old manager like Larusa, is it any wonder that he's stuck <laughs> in the, the dark ages? <laughs> All right, folks, we're back for the overtime period of our Jet Setra podcast. Mike, it looks like a summer out there. I saw some pictures on Facebook. We both went to the beach on the weekend. We you did. Went to Gimli. I was on the other side. You went to the Gimli side. I went to the Grand side. Mm-hmm. Uh, how was Gimli? It was, we went on Monday, so it was dead. Uh, there's nobody there because it's oh, we a went weekday. On Saturday, you you went dead. on Saturday. Oh, was it was it dead on yeah, Saturday? It was, too? Yeah, and it was like 30 degrees. Uh, there was quite a few people on the. There was there, there wasn't a ton of people. Yeah, but there was. I was surprised there wasn't more people. Right. Given that you can't go anywhere, you can't do anything. All the all the trails, all the hiking trails and biking trails are cl- across Manitoba are all closed. Right, the because the fire fire ban, threat, right? yeah, fire ban or whatever. So there's nowhere to really go. And so we went up to Grand because there's a there's a trail up there that part of the Great Trail, the Trans Canada Trail that runs from, it runs fr- from all the way from East Selkirk all the way to Powerview. But we just rode a little section of it between um, Grand Marais and Baconia. But yeah, I was surprised there wasn't more people. Yeah. But there was a few people, yeah, on the beach. And so, so we there went was to kids in the water. How cold is the water right yeah, now? Yeah, I remember when I was a kid. I was getting there before me long. It's like the polar bear plunge. Yeah. Uh, so we went to Winnipeg Beach first, walked around a bit. Uh, I actually spent a summer out at Winnipeg Beach, my very first journalism job, Interlake Spectator, uh, back in 1993, the summer. And I, I lived at Winnipeg Beach in a cottage for two months. It was awesome. Uh, and then I just drive into Gimli every day to, to work. So I love that area because it brings back sort of memories of being... 19 years old in my first journalism job but um it was kind of sad to see the interlake spectator building is gone spectator i think closed up a few years ago roger newman my old boss he actually passed away fairly recently a few months ago uh and so now it's like a credit union or something where the spectator used to be but yeah we walked around town it was a beautiful day it's amazing though like i think it hit 31 in the city on monday it felt only like 20 out in Gimli. It is so yeah, much cooler, cooler when you're by the water. Like, yeah. That, um, that was one of the reasons we went up. It was 30 degrees here on Saturday yeah. as well. We went up there on Saturday, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I did not go in the water. Went to Chris's Fish and Chips, which I believe you you recommended once to me. Did you not? I know Chris. Oh, Chris. So good. Yeah. I had the pan-fried pan pickerel, uh, which was delicious. My wife had uh, cod. Uh, I'm a big pickerel fan. Yeah, so of course you can't, all the restaurants that you can't eat. There's We're no, super lucky to have that fish here in Manitoba. We are. Super we are. It's so good. Uh, so you can't, there's no patio dining. There's no dine-in right now, but... Uh, so there's just takeout? Yeah, we got takeout and, and the then there's picnic... They wrap it there's, in the paper? Yeah, picnic benches nearby right down by the water. So we sat and had our, uh, had our lunch there and yeah, it was a great day uh, to get outside and... Um, and uh i wish you know i'm I'm a bigger fan of the beaches on the other side i wish that there was more of that type of uh amenity on the other side i never understood why you know i've lived here a long time i'll I'll tell you a story i'll tell you a funny story maybe i haven't told you the story before but 1991 or so i guess daryl rogers is the coach of the winnipeg blue Mm -hmm. bombers and um he'd replaced mike riley and Rogers was uh, Rogers was a big time coach in the in the states. He coached at uh, Michigan and Arizona State. Coached the Detroit Lions. Yep. Um, and he was from Southern California. He grew up on the beaches of Southern California. 
So I'm sitting in his office one day after practice chatting with him. We used to do that. We used to actually sit in the <laughs> coach's wow. office yeah. and chat after practice. Can you imagine that? <laughs> <laughs> not on Zoom? Just no, not, not at a podium, nothing. Right. Just yeah. sat in his office and chatted. We used to do, I used to love that. Cal Murphy had the best reporter chats or whatever. He would just hold court. But anyways, so Daryl Rogers. By the way, Rick Forney still does that. Does he? I, I'll like... Not, I, I'll you. go. I go sit in Rick's office and like literally he'll open his fridge he's got. He'll have a beer. Okay. Like after a game, he'll yeah, have like a that. beer and we'll chat. And it's yeah, fun. We, we used to do that. He used yeah. to, uh, Cal used to offer his beers. Yeah. So, yeah. anyways, so I'm chatting with Daryl Rogers. He's from Southern California. Grew up on the beach, went to the beach a lot, surfed and all that kind of thing, whatever. And he had just come back from a day trip, a day off or whatever. He'd gone up to Grand Beach and he's like, oh my God, Steve. Like, it is beautiful. Like, what a spectacular place. The right? Southern California yeah, raving about just, it. Like, going yeah. on and on about the white sand and the right. beautiful dunes and the spectacular. Obviously, lake. this is middle of summer. Like, he what this was in October, Correct. I assume that he's. No, no, no. Yeah. It was like, I guess, July, July or August, August or something yeah. like that, right? And so then, but he says to me, he says, I got a question for you, though. What the hell were they thinking building the city here instead of there? <laughs> <laughs> And it stuck with me. Right. That has stuck with me forever. Like, I'll, I'll be up at Grand, <laughs> and I'll think about how, imagine, like, you know, like Chicago. Winnipeg, right? but here. But there, yeah, like on the lake <laughs> Right. Like that. Well, Can Chicago has, that? for sure. Exactly. That it, yeah. Like, imagine if Winnipeg was on Lake Winnipeg. Like, how yeah. cool would yeah. that be? I mean, I explained the river system right. and all that. But to your that. point, it's, it is amazing maybe that it hasn't built up more, right? Yeah, I don't get it. Like, you know, like the Gimli has, you know, lots of stuff to do when you're in Gimli. Even Winnipeg Beach has the boardwalk and yeah. all that, things to do. You go to Grand, Grand Marais used to be kind of fun. There used to be like a, a miniature golf thing there and right. Lankies or whatever. I think it's called, yeah. Is there even Lankies. a golf course up that way? Well, Grand Pines is up there towards Victoria Beach. Right. right? Yeah, nice course. But, and I guess if you go up towards there, there's that Birchwood Hotel and all that. But, it's just not the same. So the amenities are certainly better on the yeah. on the west side, but I like the beach is better on the right side for sure. Yeah, and of course going out Gim, I mean Winnipeg Beach, Gimli, then you've got uh, you've got Hecla yeah. up as well, and yeah. like Sandy Hook and all that. I used yeah. to play Sandy Hook golf course a lot as a kid. Yeah, there's lots. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a you know looking for ways to just get out of the the get out of the day to day. And uh, I heard you booked your trip to New York. Is that right? I did. Yes. So we've got like again, this is all tentative that it can happen, but we got tickets to Hamilton, uh, Aladdin, Wicked. Uh, Yankees will be playing there against the Rays. When are you gonna go? The very end of September 30th to October 7th, a week-long so trip. should be open by then. I think so. Like... Based on what I read yesterday, they're talking about, I mean, they keep talking about these vaccine passports, but we'll all be double-dosed, our whole family. Well, they won't have any in the States. You won't need that in the States. No. Uh, there'll be no vaccine passports in the States. No, I mean, no. you're looking again at these hockey rinks. It's like, I don't think they, I mean, they in a lot of these states, they don't even require masks anymore. They're just like well, the just, CDC said if you're vaccinated, that's you true. Don't need Double dose, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we're we're moving in that direction, and so yeah, hopefully that trip can uh, can happen later this summer. Um, but for now, we'll make the most of what we have here in the city. We need some rain, though, Steve, and it sounds like we're going to get some here over the next few days. We definitely need some. Uh, I cut rain. my grass the other day. It was like running my lawnmower over sand. Yeah. So I was uh, on this bike ride we took along the shore of Lake Winnipeg. We went off. Off, off the trail at one point down to this sort of really secluded beach by Baconia. Yep. 
and got off our bikes and walked around a little bit or whatever. And the water on Lake on Lake Winnipeg is so far out that which we were chatting with this one guy who who lives there and has been been there forever, right? right. You know what I mean, he said that the water this year is a hundred feet out. <laughs> A hundred feet, Mike, from where it was last year. And last year it was low. Low, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And so um, the water is really, really down. It's so dry out. And as I said, you know, like uh, for those of you folks that don't know that all the trails are closed and and it's supposed to rain this week. But, you know, we need like a month of rain. We do. We need a long soaker. Uh, Speaking of low water levels, I read the other day the Red River is is so low right now. There are spots along the Red where... Um, it's receded so much that antique bottles that used to be from some like old back in like when there's prohibition that were hidden on the road, they're now being exposed and people have like grabbed these hundred year old bottles that were long buried in the red that Uh are now like, which is kind of cool, but you probably don't want to be discovering them because the red is, is receding, but yeah, we need, we need rain. Um, and so maybe maybe Jets fans will get a couple Jets wins here, and uh, Winnipeggers will get some rain by the time we're back in a week from now. Right. Which, by the way, uh, when we're back next Wednesday, that would be the eve of Game Five. So if there is a Game Five, I imagine it'll be Game Five. Yeah, even I, who picked the Oilers, picked they're not going to sweep. I said Oilers in five. So I guess if my prediction is true, we'll be doing this next week on the eve of the final Jets game. It, of it'll the be year. on Thursday the game. No, sorry, it'll be Wednesday, not the eve of. It'll be oh, the, the day, day of. of. Yeah. Okay. So um, yeah, because they're playing Wednesday, Friday, and then this weekend, Sunday, Monday here in Winnipeg, back to back. So all right, folks, enjoy well, the playoffs, and I hope you all have a great long weekend as usual. It's supposed to rain on the long weekend, on the May long weekend. It always Winnipeg does, tradition. Right? So we need that, and uh, so. But we'll talk to you, talk to you all again next week.